Firstly, Anita Mundungor, thank you so much for your time and taking the time to chat with NITV Radio this morning. And Mundungor to you. I'm excited to talk to you today. Firstly, congratulations on your latest work, Biddy Gulling, which celebrates the Wiradjuri heroes of the Great Flood of Gundagai in 1852. It's such uh, an important story to tell. Could you please tell everyone about that and what inspired you to tell this story? Well, for listeners who don't know, in 1852, the Great Flood of Gundagai took the lives of a third of the town. A flood went through the town over three days and three nights and two were Adrian Yardi and Jackie Zaki went out on bike canoes and saved an estimated 59 lives. So they are national heroes and and part of this story and the reason we're getting into schools is because we want people to know the the story of the Great Flood. When I talk to people and audiences, I'll say, who's heard of Gundagai? And all these hands shoot up. And what they know about is the dog on the tucker box and the song, The Road to Gundagai. But I want people to, when they think of Gundagai, to know about Yadi and Jackie Jackie. The children's book version, Biddy Gulling, Big Rain, was actually born out of a conversation after we launched River of Dreams in Gundagai in 2021. And after that launch that night, we said, what else do you need? And they said, we need this story in schools. And that's where that idea came from because I had never written a children's book before, a picture book. And just last week when I was down in Griffith and Tumut and Gundagai, I spoke to about a thousand kids from preschoolers to year six. And the one, I was overwhelmed with their capacity to actually engage with the story, to actually articulate the emotions that they think Yadi felt when he was trying to tell the non-Indigenous people, do not build here on the floodplains, that it will flood again. And the way in which they unpacked the issue of issues around the Great Flood and the themes around the story itself, at heroism and courage, um, yeah, so for me, I, I think the aim of the book is to get, you know, I want Koori kids to see themselves on the page, but I want all Australian kids to see diversity in the classroom and also to see kids not being told, particularly in the picture book form. And I really love as well how you use and incorporate Wiradjuri language throughout the book and you include the meanings as well. I think it's such a beautiful way to keep documenting language and continue passing it down. Is that something that, you know, obviously you feel passionate about and you want to continue doing throughout your writings? Oh, absolutely, because like many people, not just Wiradjuri people, but, you know, learning language later in life, I didn't learn what should have been or start to learn Um far from fluent, start to learn what should have been my first language, mm. Wiradjuri, at the age of 50. And I always thought, Luana, that I was thought that I didn't have a big enough vocab to write a literary novel. And it wasn't until I, I started learning language um, down at Charles State University, using all these wonderful resources created through the hard work and commitment of Dr. Uncle Stan Grant and the late Dr. John Rudder that I realised that the language that I was missing, the vocab that I was missing in, tell, in writing novels was actually the Wiradjuri language. And I realise now how richer and more meaningful my personal work is, being able to talk about and write about country in the language from our country. 
And in terms of the kids' picture book, inside the book there's a there's a code you can scan, and it leads you to a, rec- a free recording of the of me reading the story, so that the students and your kids can listen and hear the language while they read the book as well. And there's a whole lot of teachers' resources created by Shelley Ware and Culture yep. is Life to help teachers in the classroom to talk about the themes and get kids to do activities and so forth. And I know you just mentioned that you are a graduate of the Wiradjuri Language, Culture and Heritage course from Charles Sturt mm-hmm. University. Can you just tell everyone how special that experience was for you and the journey that you went on learning language? And you just mentioned incorporating it into your writing and how much richer your writing mm-hmm. is now that mm-hmm. you can include uh, your language? It's probably the most significant thing I will do in my lifetime. And I've done some pretty extraordinary things that have changed me, but it was such a privilege to sit not only in a Western classroom supported by Western tertiary institution on Wiradjuri country, but also in the classroom that we know as along the river, along the biller and standing in the floodplain and being outdoors and learning how to make corners and so forth. So our ways of learning... But it was such a privilege to do that, to benefit from, as I mentioned, the work of you know Dr. Uncle Stan Grant and Dr. John Rudder, and to have so many resources, including the human resources of Letitia Harris and Yadi Lad, um, Anya Lane, Bedeja and, and Lloyd Dolan, who who were the legacy, part of the legacy that Uncle Stan Grant leaves is is having taught these people who then teach us language in a space with my Meagan and with Bolga Bolga Galangu, um, my family and elders. It was just extraordinary. And my own, as I mentioned, my own writing is far more valuable. And I think, you know, I have a PhD, but graduating that day with everybody down in Wagga on, on our country, it's just something that was in the most incredible moments of my life. We're in a space now where we're talking about the referendum and so forth and conversation around sovereignty mm-hmm. and I feel like I have sovereignty. When I speak language it's a demonstration of sovereignty and how we are in a Wiradjuri sense reclaiming and rebuilding our nation and language is part of that. And I also just wanted to touch on this year's NADOC theme is celebrating our elders. And last Mm -hmm. year you released a book that you helped edit called Growing Up Wiradjuri, which is a collection Mm -hmm. of personal stories by our beautiful Wiradjuri elders. What was that Mm -hmm. experience like for you and working alongside the elders? Uh, Do you know, I have had a lot of book launches in the last 30 years and that was hands down the most extraordinary to have all the elders front and centre, all their family and friends and community there celebrating, I've got it, just got a shiver, celebrating their stories. I mean, the anthology growing up at Wiradjuri was born out of a community development project that I chose to do. We all had to do a project at the end of the, as part of our graduate certificate in Wiradjuri language, culture and heritage. I thought, well, what can I do with my project? I can actually document some stories and get them out into the community. And again, those stories were written and designed for an upper primary school. And we started with a writing workshop at the end of 2019 at the Wagga City Library. You know, the elders would start with, oh, who wants to hear my story and so forth. The process was wonderful because I just said, just write. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about spelling. It's the story that matters. And they were documenting stories that had never been heard. And I think what we've got now in this beautiful, beautiful book with a gorgeous cover by Lucy Penrith uh, is a gift to the nation by some of our most treasured elders. Now, that anthology could have had 100 elders in there. And I think it needs to be done region by region. 
Um, and they very generously shared their stories that document a whole range of experiences growing growing up on and off Wiradjuri country, in bush camps and on reserves, in country towns, in cities and in companies along riverbanks. Some of the stories include knowledge and culture that's been passed down from generation to generation and now being passed on to um, future. Some include childhood games of the past, elements of our language also. Um, I think one of the, I mean, I know I kept talking about Uncle Stan Grant, but if it wasn't for Uncle Stan, none of us would have been in that course. I wouldn't have met all these elders and this book wouldn't have happened. But his story title, Growing Up Wiradjuri, means learning to listen. And I think that's also a message that's quite relevant to us all now. And he says it comes down to listening. And I just want to read a quote, if I may. Says, There's a lot of non-Indigenous people don't know how to listen. And our lot, we were taught to listen. So for listening in our culture and listening particularly to elders, it's normal because we're showing Yinjimata, we're showing respect. And other stories within the anthology also speak to how Wiradjuri people were taught to listen as children um, and, and to learn and also to show respect. I think the stories in the anthology and working with those elders, I just watch them shine now and in a way that I hadn't seen before. And to watch them in the local bookshop in Wagga, signing books with TV cameras and <laughs> locals on the street piling in and hearing them talk about how they hadn't had the chance to tell their stories before. We are in a, a time where truth-telling is not only needed, but it's expected and it's wanted. And I think um, more of these books and the examples that, the, that all these beautiful elders have shown and given and shared, I hope they become the springboard and the motivation for other mobs to do, whether it's growing up Waka Waka or growing up Wadi Wadi or whatever, mm. that somebody picks up the baton in other communities and does the same thing with their elders. Just quickly, mm-hmm. speaking of NAIDOC, congratulations on being named a finalist for Creative of the Year at this year's National NAIDOC Awards. How are you feeling about being celebrated in this way? Oh, you know, Luana, those sort of, I don't write for awards. I write because I want to make change. But so every a, a, something like a nomination or a, being a finalist is just absolutely special and beautiful and I've been part of the process of pulling together other people's nominations so therefore I know the love and the respect and the commitment that goes into that so just knowing that somebody has done that for me like it makes me makes me a bit teary but also Aaron uh, Faso and and Rachel Perkins are mates of mine we've been creative you know working in the spaces at the same time for decades so being finalists alongside these incredible humans is, uh, is also very special as well. But of course, you and I know it's about getting frocked up and having a good night. I'm having a beautiful dress made, fabric that I saw um, in Australian Fashion Week wow. from in Kunji Arts up in the, in the Territory. I don't give too much away and a, a fantastic dressmaker here in, in, in Brisbane is pulling that together for me. So I'm very excited about being able to wear some First Nations, a First Nations creation. Um, on the night. Beautiful. Well, congratulations on all your success so far and Mandangor Anita for taking the time to speak with NITV Radio today. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Respect and love. Thank you.